0: Hey friends, thanks for tuning in to Tori Dealing With, where each episode is short, sweet, and the perfect thing to enjoy in the morning, just like your coffee. This episode's a little bit longer than normal, but I promise it is worth the listen. Alex Edelman is an actor, a writer, a comedian, and the writer of the new Obie Award winning smash hit comedy, Just For Us, which is his own show on Broadway. The show covers his experience as a Jewish man from Boston that confronts anti-Semitism after being trolled on Twitter. We also talk about how much we both hate Twitter. But the show Just For Us will be on Broadway for nine weeks this summer, starting from June 22nd to August 19th at the Hudson Theater. So enjoy this incredible interview with Alex. He's absolutely hilarious and also incredibly mindful and introspective. I really think that you're going to get a lot from this interview. So without me rambling on too much, just enjoy it. today on the show i am very excited to welcome alex edelman he is a comedian actor writer and the writer of the new Obie award-winning smash hit comedy show just for us alex welcome to the show thank you
1: so much for having me
0: i'm so excited to have you i've been in a scroll hole of all your videos and you crack me up i've never had a comedian on the show so i can only Just not that there's any pressure to make anybody laugh, but I'm just excited to get to know like what goes on inside that head of yours.
1: Well, you know, I'm not just right, I'm not just the writer of the Broadway show, I'm also the only performer in it, which is a complete disaster. So comedy is great because it can be a solo endeavor or it can be like a thing you do with a bunch of other people. I do. I like to do things with a bunch of other people.
0: So the show covers your experience about being a Jewish man from Boston and it confronts anti-Semitism after being trolled on Twitter. I hate Twitter. I hate it. I just want to know about your experience and a little bit about what turned that experience into a show.
1: Okay, so I guess the way it's sum up the show is I was on Twitter and I saw some stuff uh, some anti-Semitic stuff was directed at me and I started like looking into the people that were tweeting at me. And some of them were getting together at uh, like a like a like a some online like white nationalists were getting together. And so I went. Um and i sat there for like an hour and eventually when i was like sorry but this guy's a jew and i'm like yeah i'm a jew and then we had an argument and then i left and so like that's what the show is about basically and yeah i learned a lot that happened in like right at the beginning of 2018 so i guess i've been thinking about it for five years too and if you think about any one experience for years and years and years everyone has uh experiences they've thought about a lot and try to mine it for like comedy and sadness and humor and pathos and like you know like wisdom, then eventually you, like, get to a place. And I fucking hate Twitter also. but It's the worst. But everyone's there. It's, like, one of those restaurants where, like, oh, God, am I really going to go hang out in, like, the lobby of this hotel um, in New York? I'm not going to say where it is, but it's the Bowery Hotel. Everyone's always hanging out (laughs) in the lobby of the Bowery Hotel. And I don't want to. They're mean. The people – the drinks are expensive and the lighting is, you know – Seven yeah. Circle of Hell, but everyone's there, so you gotta go. Yeah,
0: but do you have to go? Like I, saw, I logged off Twitter completely like a year ago. I don't even, I don't even do it anymore. But I do get it. I do get it. If you want to connect with people, if you want to grow your audience, if you want to just like get the temperature of the world and the culture, Twitter's like an interesting. It's like a swamp. It's like an interesting place to test, to test what's going on.
1: I mean it's hard. It's like trying to take a sip of water out of a fire hose. So you're just like, I just want, I just want a little bit of water, but you're just yeah. getting blasted in the yeah. face with like hatred, war, anger, famine. And you're like, I just wanted to know if the Yankees won. And they're like, well, enjoy enjoy this oil tanker explosion.
0: Yeah. It's, yeah. It's, it's a treacherous platform to be on for my anxiety. Mm-hmm. Antidepressants yeah. go I I up the ante when it comes to those, uh when I when I get back on those platforms or when I have a show airing. It's just too much. But I wanna speak about your show. So it's coming on Broadway for nine weeks, June twenty sixth to August nineteenth. You were able to turn this moment that happened in time in twenty eighteen into this story now that you've been percolating on and now it's on Broadway. How do you feel?
1: Crazy. I started in like a pub above a shoe store in London in front of like twelve people. I was reading off notes trying to make sense of something and you know for it to go to Broadway is like a manifestation of my like my wildest dream like people sometimes actually not even a dream though people are like sometimes we're like is it a dream come true and I'm like I never dreamed it would be possible like truly never thought it's like if you were jogging down the street and someone's like do you want to jog on the moon you'd be like yeah (laughs) I mean yeah I guess I'd like to jog on the moon (laughs) yeah (laughs) and they're like how do you you're gonna jog on the like it's a very um it is crazy and i'm sort Mm -hmm. of like it the show starts we start previews june 22nd and it opens june 26th like you said Mm -hmm. and so it's nine weeks all in uh it goes to august 19th and like that's such a long and short time like it's gonna go by like that but right mm-hmm. now I'm sort of like preparing. Like I'm in, I'm in quote unquote, like if the moon, if we're still going with my moon analogy, I'm like yeah. space training or something. I'm like yeah. putting my little anti-gravity boots yeah. on. And I feel like,
0: I feel like in a way you're like pregnant, like you're about to give birth to this show.
1: Oh my God. That's such a good analogy. Like I do feel, I feel pregnant <laughs> with anticipation. Like comedy is a really hard job. All entertainment jobs. Your line of work is not easy. No one's line of work is easy. And it's hard to tell when you get a W and this is like such a nice one. I really feel like a lot of affection for this piece of work and the fact that it gets to be performed on like the highest stage that you can perform one of those shows on like Mm -hmm. bingo bango.
0: Yeah. And like you said, like in your wildest dreams, if you could even possibly dream it. But at some point you must have realized like you belonged on a stage, you belonged in the comedian role making people laugh writing things like that so like when was the first moment you realized that you were funny or that you could connect with people through humor is there like any funny childhood story that you think like it kind of clicked for you
1: i had a bully um and i mean this is not gonna be a sad story i had a bully i realized that sully the bully was becoming unpopular because I was not... This isn't as funny as you'd want it to be, but... No, the bully I'm, I'm
0: I'm ready for it.
1: <laughs> I mean, the bully was becoming unpopular because I was sort of like a funny weirdo who was in, sort of embracing being a funny weirdo. Okay. A teacher had said, there are no such thing as stupid questions. And I had said, raised my hand and said, uh, is there such a thing as a stupid question? <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't my joke. But yeah, I think being a young person and realizing that you're getting like, uh, or I'd tell like a joke that I had heard somewhere, or Mm -hmm. I you know, we'd bond over like a Bill Cosby album. I didn't we didn't know yet that Bill Cosby right. had done all that stuff. And <laughs> right. Now I like him more. No, I'm just kidding. He's a horrible man. He's a horrible man who should probably who should rot forever. But but uh, but yes, I uh, I yeah. What if I was like I'm a fan of Cosby, but just for the personal stuff? You know, I don't care for the uh, oh God. No, no, he's a <laughs>
0: terrifying. He's a, yeah, he's
1: a bad he's a bad guy. But uh, but but it's interesting. By the way. All of my heroes from childhood are like, at turned out to be, it was like Lance Armstrong, uh, Bill Cosby and Jared from Subway, who were like my dumb kidding about <laughs> that. <mother. laughs> no, they were. Oh my God.
0: I think like you even said, and it's interesting to look at it from, I guess, taking a step back. You had this moment with the bully. What was the bully's name?
1: Uh, David Bernstein.
0: All right, David Bernstein. Well, thank you for the for this because you've set up a trajectory of you being able to cope with your pain through comedy. Now to the point where the show that you have on Broadway is about the same thing.
1: I'd argue it, that the bully has won. By the way, and oh that no, is, and that is and that in in bullying he actually produced of like what an what an outsized impact (laughs) bullying wise and it's weird by the way because one of my best friends is a guy named David Burstein not David Bernstein oh okay so like so like it's very it's very funny to me that I'm always like whenever I hang out with David Burstein I do think I'm like I wonder what David Bernstein is up to you know it's like a very (laughs) Yeah. yeah But you're right. You're right. Sorry. I'm just uh... No,
0: no, it's true. But it's so interesting. Like comedy for you and I think for a lot of people and why I think a lot of people need it and it's so necessary in the world is because it is a way to cope with the hard things that are happening. Would you consider it your coping mechanism?
1: I think comedy is more of like a filter for me. I don't want to make the whole podcast about this, but like I've had a really tough time recently because my director, the director of the show, my best friend, um, a guy named Adam Brace, died about a month ago. He passed away. So I'm so sorry. That's okay. I mean, it's I wanna say it's okay. It's terrible. Uh trying not to have a stroke, they seem absolutely awful. He was very uh he's young, he was forty-three. And uh and I really loved Adam and have just been in this really complicated moment where my show is going to Broadway and also I'm very sad. Uh and there are these moments and sometimes the two emotions are together and sometimes it's one emotion, sometimes it's the other emotion. And so it's really like a roller coaster. Uh, I've been doing a lot of stand-up. I've been going to the Comedy Cellar, which is my home club in New York City. And I have found... Gosh, I can't believe I'm, I'm speaking so candidly about this, if so I'm being honest. But I have found that the things around it are make it easier. Not doing comedy is like a, a concept, but like the connection that it engenders or the time I spend with other comedians who are my peers and who I derive a lot of comfort from and watching other comedians and seeing sort of like endless. I was watching a comic on stage last night, a guy named Josh Johnson, who's a friend of mine, and he just had a lot of ideas. And it was nice to just see ideas go up on stage again and again. Mm-hmm. Those things help. Although Mike Braviglia, who's my producer and a great, one of the best comedians in the world in his own right, uh asked me once he said are you trying to heal people through comedy and I said I'm trying to heal one guy and it's not going well Uh, I know I am that one guy but uh, you're
0: doing great sweetie thanks thanks so much I think first of all thank you so much for sharing that because I can only imagine Mm -hmm. and then also I think it's what you're doing is so powerful it's kind of like this moment where I mean, I think Denzel Washington said it to Will Smith at a completely different scenario in his life. But when Will Smith punched Chris Rock, Denzel pulled him to the side and was like, you know, when you're at your highest, that's, that's, when, when, the devil
1: devil. Come, that's when the devil comes through.
0: Yeah. And it's so interesting. It is this balance in life when you feel like you are on top of the world, you're getting some of your but there's a sacrifice in a way like something has to be taken. And I do think it's interesting to float through life knowing that because I've felt it on my own terms as well.
1: I actually don't agree with you.
0: Oh, spicy.
1: I actually disagree.
0: (laughs) Tell me more. (laughs) Because
1: I worry, I, you know, I worried that I had made some Faustian bargain that I didn't remember making, that I had met up with the devil at midnight in Central Park and was like, hey, well, yeah, well, you know, I'm telling you, like, that magical thinking is (laughs) because I feel guilty a little about, you know, doing this show that my friend is not going to be here for. That's and so uh, my friend Rami pulled me aside and he was like, you can't – And I told him this and he's like, you can't think that way. All I'm saying is it's not that I disagree with you. It's that I would reframe that. And the reframe that I think is that the idea that things are going well or that things are going badly, that's just not a real thing. It's that life as an adult is bittersweet and all aspects of it are bittersweet and if you look at someone and go that person's life is perfect the truth is no that person's life is complicated and that person's life you have no idea what's going on and if they're firing in all cylinders there's going to be a moment where one of those cylinders stops firing and they get really sad about it the real challenge has been like practicing gratitude everyone's like oh you must practice gratitude in the you know positive people i i tweeted a few weeks ago a few days ago A true thing, which is like, I want to be a positive person, but what do they even talk about? Like, what do positive people, what do, you interview positive people on your podcast. I don't even know what positive people do. How do they spend their time? What do they, stretching? Dieting?
0: I don't know. I do think that it's inherent, Mm. like. My dad, super positive person. My mom, mom's definitely listening to this, so I I like to say, mom, you've gotten positive over the years, but like definitely had to. It was a climb to positivity. She doesn't
1: mean that, mom. (laughs) She doesn't mean that. She is saying that because you're (laughs) listening to the podcast, but she thinks you're you're a negative Nelly. (laughs) I don't, mom. (laughs) Yes, mom. She does. She's giving (laughs) me the thumbs up. No. no, she's not. She's not. <laughs> I'm teasing. But I... Uh, but yeah, like oh, you're, you're right. I think people are born positive. Do you think you're a positive person? Gen- generally, like when the chips are... Like I think I'm a positive person with a negative... uh With like a negative aspect that I'm okay indulging occasionally. But like I think I am when it comes down to it, a pretty positive guy.
0: Yeah, I'd like to think that I'm optimistic. But definitely like I have my three hours a day where it's maybe three, two one hours a day where I'm just absolutely spiraling about everything. So I think it's a climb. It's a fight for me as well, Mom. It's a balance, like you said. Now she's
1: giving a thumbs down. She's giving a (laughs) thumbs (laughs) down.
0: So I do want to touch on something that you kind of grazed by earlier when we were talking about polarity, because I do think that in life – In order to get something beautiful, you do kind of give something, even if you don't realize it necessarily. Like you're not specifically like giving this cup for something, but you think that life is a little bit more, uh, more about being. It's just like bittersweet, naturally happening. So it kind of like draws me back more into your psyche. And I'm curious, like, I know you're Jewish, but like, what are your like spiritual beliefs about the universe? Like, do you think everything happens for a reason, or do you think no?
1: I mean, that's a really great question. I'm glad this is a short podcast. No, I'm just kidding. I don't know. <laughs> I believe in a sort of like divine coincidence, I guess. I believe in a sort of like plan that brought us here and made like deodorant and ice cream, you know, like. Yeah. I think the universe sort of is like winding its way towards something. It's very, it's comforting in some ways, right? It's comforting in some ways and really dis- discomforting in others. And also, I do think it's interesting that we have no sets. Um, reason to be here that there is no that we sort of get to pick that for ourselves yeah Right. I think about that all the time in the sense that like there is no one who tells you like hey you are on earth to pick as many daisies as you possibly can Mm -hmm. and the thing that we're going to remember forever is who picked the most daisies like there's none of that it's just like Mm -hmm. here you go Mm
0: -hmm. best of luck my dad has the theory my dad's like it's a crazy scientist, kind mm-hmm. of. And he has this theory that this is kind of like an audition for actual life. Basically, like our genetic makeup and like our personality traits and how we operate in this will depend on if we make it to like level two or not. Like kind of tabbing into simulation theory, which is kind of like maybe there is a purpose. We just don't know it.
1: You know, if you're interested in this, there's a book called SUM, S-U-M, by a guy named David Eagleman. And it's got 42 different conceptions of the afterlife.
0: Mm-hmm. And one of them
1: is something like that. And like all these experiments are really interesting thought experiments, but they all serve to highlight the fact that we don't know what's what's going to come next. There's a Jackie Robinson quote, which is that a life is not important except for the impact that it has on other lives, mm-hmm. which I really love. I think about that all the time. I also think that in the absence of any sort of set goal that the purpose of my life is to have one that is as expansive and interesting and as thoughtful and intentional as possible, right? Like I, love that. I live my life with like a lot of intention, which isn't to say that I don't procrastinate or that I don't get work done or that I fear I haven't done anything good in several years, but mm-hmm. like, yeah, <laughs> I live my life like every day. I wake up and I'm like, Today, I, I'm really good at seizing the carp, you know. I'm really good <laughs> yeah. at like. Like, I don't waste a lot of meals, if that makes sense. Like, I really, like, I hustle. Not, like, hashtag grind, hashtag, uh, you <laughs> yeah. know, wh- up and at him and, you know, or whatever the <laughs> fuck. But, like... Not hashtag,
0: hashtag up and not, Adam.
1: Not to make fun of not to make fun of someone who surely has been a guest on the podcast saying something like every day you must you must wake up and immediately do three different things and I don't look at my phone for forty five minutes after I wake yeah. up and I and I've never had coffee except on Tuesdays when I inject it directly into my <laughs> you know like it's. A... Out. Just... Listen, Wait, I'm with you. If you pick a random month from. Any month of the last five years, I'm 90% sure I could tell you something cool or interesting that I did that month. And, like, I think that you need to have a life like that where you yeah. are constantly making yourself someone that you'd want to date. God, now I really do sound like, like you know. <laughs> Look at you. Oh, God. I'm being, I'm being slowly turned into a Tory dealing with. Uh,
0: <laughs> Your motivational speaker.
1: Oh my god. Uh, I never said this. Before. I will I'm... deny any I will deny any of <laughs> I will deny any of this.
0: You kind of remind me of one of my best friends, Devin, and I just won the challenge with him not too long ago. He's hilarious. Mm, mm. He he says he's a hater by nature. Would you consider yourself low key? Like, and I don't think you're a hater at all. I really don't. I think you're hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> but do, do, you feel, haters? do you feel like you kind of have that hater by nature thing? Like you, yeah. like a little judgmental, but then you'll go through the, the process of being um, like listen. You know,
1: I think that there's a baseline level of acceptance. Like for instance, I will criticize a movie or a book or a play, but I also actually know how hard it is to make a movie or a book or a play. So right. even though I'm like making fun of the thing, making fun of something is my love language. Okay. Like, I'm a hater, but only because I love you. Like, I'm a hater. <laughs> but And so once you have a baseline level of respect you, and a baseline level of connection, you can make fun of that thing without yeah. the stakes of it being so high. My appearance is hater, but un, but only because underneath it there's, like, a lot of love. So does that make sense?
0: A 100%. And I totally feel that for you. I do think that you have a, a very good way – like, you can tell – and I, this was going to be one of the questions that I was going to ask you, like how For many sure. personalities do you think that you have inside your head? Oh, a
1: million, <laughs> because, an impossible yeah. number. And they come out b- differently, but I think, right? sorry, Tori interrupted you. Go ahead. Finish no, a okay. thoughtful question.
0: Yeah. So it's just, I think it's just interesting because you can tell you're one of those people that you take information inside and then you're processing it, but it does seem like you're seeing it from all angles and then figuring out how you want to express your thoughts to the world, yes. so I, and I definitely don't know if all comedians are like that, but I think you must have to have a thousand personalities in there. You
1: you have to contain multitudes. There is one that is sometimes uh, I call it like KTF, I'm like kind, thoughtful, funny. Kind and thoughtful make funny. By the way, so if you're like kind and thoughtful about it, you can you can um, be funny. Interesting. Yeah think number uh those are the three things that that lead but also like the last couple weeks i've seen a lot of them because of my friends um passing away i've had like i've had evenings where i walk where i walk out of the house and i'm like i'm feral tonight like no one (laughs) if anyone like crosses me i'm gonna be like i'm gonna like bite somebody's head off and everyone has days like that right so so um but yeah.
0: Dr. Jackal, Mr. Hyde. Yeah, I was thinking about that as I was
1: saying, and then I was like, should I reference Jekyll and Hyde? And I'm like, no, probably shouldn't make me seem like a real head." And but when no. when Tori doesn't, when someone who's cool, when someone who's cool does it.
0: Oh, yeah. come on. I think we all like to an extent, obviously everybody has a lot going on up there. But what I think makes comedians so beautiful and like you're hilarious is that you can tap into other personalities and like other scenarios that – which maybe wouldn't exactly – you wouldn't identify with. Like one of my favorite little moments from one of your stand-ups was when you went back – you go back to your families on Thanksgiving and you tell them all you, – you come out. Yes. Every, every, that yes. killed me, dude. Oh, that's
1: so funny. That's so nice. I mean like, like that joke. I have this joke for people who are listening and don't know it about how every Thanksgiving I come out to my family uh, I'm not gay, but I have this uncle who's homophobic. <laughs> so Every good. Thanksgiving, I stand up and go, "Excuse me, everyone, I have an announcement to make." And he goes, oh, for Christ's sake, again!"
0: <laughs> so good,
1: <laughs> you know. But it's about the funny thing is sometimes people are like, "This joke is, it's not appropriate," and I'm like, "Well, the joke is about how people." The joke's about homophobes. The joke's not about coming, coming out.
0: out. Yeah, but I think about because
1: yeah. you know, coming out is like, and also. A lot of people that I, a lot of people, and this is really sweet. That's a joke where people come out to me in the street and be like, hey, that joke made me come out to my family.
0: Oh, I love that. That's amazing. Like knowing, hmm. and that's the thing, like even tying it back to the beginning of this interview where we talk about comedy being so important, like to have moments where you're taking a very serious. Situation, you're putting a bow of laughter all around it. You're making it more lighthearted. It makes everything easier to digest. And I think that's like what makes the comedians the digestive tract of the world.
1: The digestive tract of the world. Fantastic. What a great, you know, Tori. I think that's a really great way to describe comedians, the digestive tract of the world. You know, we're the world's colon.
0: That's what I thought Absolutely. Listen, it's been seriously amazing Having you on the podcast Oh my god,
1: so much fun like, Thank you th-
0: No, thank you Is there anything that you want to just shout out Before you leave Just about your show Maybe um, final thoughts about Just For Us My
1: my show is really If you live in New York City Or know people who do Please um, send them down to my show Because it's yes. it's I cannot stress I'm sure people listening probably can figure this out But I cannot stress how rare this is like for a sort of non-famous comedian's show to go to Broadway. It's happened like five or six times maybe ever. And and I need all help I can get. So We got uh, you. So yeah, it's at the Hudson Theater and Sarah Jessica Parker liked it. And so that's actually one of the reasons it's going, which is that (laughs) SJP posted about it on her Instagram and then everyone's like, like that happened uh, in the off-Broadway runs. It ran for like a year in New York uh, off-Broadway. But yeah, the show is going up June 22nd and it goes till August 19th and uh. If you're like still listening, please like do buy a ticket or tell someone. And tickets are very cheap, actually. 100%.
0: I'm a hundred percent. I'm I'm definitely coming. I'm in the northeast all summer, so you'll see me in the audience. And oh my I god,
1: will Tori, post you on must. my
0: platforms what days I'm going to. So if people want to see me watching you at the show, it'll be a full circle experience for them.
1: Oh my god, bring a group, bring a Tory deal group.
0: Yeah, oh, we so... have a whole Tory deal bus coming.
1: <laughs> oh my god, uh, thank you so much for having me.
0: <laughs> yes, Alex, thank you. It's been a pleasure, and yeah, look forward to seeing your show.